How do I know what I think until I see what I say? The Green Notebook, carried by military leaders around the world. Within those pages are sweat, tears, triumphs, and the hard-won lessons of life. Lessons worth sharing. Each week, the team dives into the notebooks of military leaders, business professionals, authors, athletes and coaches, and entertainers to share lessons and help you lead with the best version of yourself. Hey, it's Joe here, and every morning before I crack open a book or sit down to do some writing, the first thing I do is brew an amazing cup of Alpha Coffee. They make premium 100% Arabica coffee, and Alpha has some of my favorite blends. They have Dawn Patrol, which is a nice medium light breakfast blend. I also enjoy Charlie Don't Surf, which is a medium Kona blend. And I even get to take Alpha Coffee to work with me because they also make K-Cups. Not only do they have great coffee... They're a great veteran-owned business who has shipped over 20,000 bags of coffee to deploy troops. They also offer a 10% discount to members of the military and first responders. And Alpha Coffee has been an awesome company to partner with at From the Green Notebook. So taste the Alpha difference and purchase their coffee today at www.alpha.coffee or via Amazon Prime. Welcome to another episode of From the Green Notebook. I'm your host, Joe Byerly. And this week, we're diving into the notebook of Sanyin Chang. She is a CEO coach, author, and the executive director of the Fuqua Coach K Center on Leadership and Ethics at Duke University. Sanyin works with C-suite executives and generals to help them become even more successful. Her thought leadership has appeared in Forbes, Fortune, The Wall Street Journal, and CNN. She has more than 865,000 followers on LinkedIn, and she is a LinkedIn 2017 Top 10 Influencer and a 2018 Thinkers 50 on the radar. Her award-winning book, The Launch Book, Motivational Stories for Launching Your Idea, Business, and Next Career, helps readers build the leadership mindset for addressing the changes in their careers, businesses, and lives. I love this discussion with Sanyan. This episode is all about superpowers. She believes that every single person has at least one precise, powerful, and intrinsic gift that's their personal superpower but that it's also one of their biggest blind spots and her mission in life is to help people find them. So you're going to learn how to help identify them in yourself and others and about how these superpowers can help change our organizations for the better. So please welcome to the show, Sanyin Shang. Oh, Joe, it's so great to be here. I'm such a huge fan of uh, From the Green Notebook and I was looking back, I was telling you before the show, I was looking back through my emails. I've been a subscriber since July 24th, 2019, on the blog you shared about followership. So it's such an honor to be here. I'm super excited for this interview. And for, you know, you know, I know that people aren't going to know this because obviously I just hit the record button, but we were having such a great conversation before this started that like, I didn't want to hit the record button. <laughs> and so finally I was like, we got to stop talking. Like I got to record this. This is like too good. <laughs> Well, this will be a continuation of the energy and the riffing back and forth from the uh, earlier conversation then. Yeah. So for everybody who's listening, Sanyin's been on my list of people to interview for, I'd say, about a year and a half now. 
And so we finally got around to doing this. And uh, like normally I will come up with an entire agenda and like it's, it's scripted or maybe like I've got something. But for this, this is the first one I've ever done where I told Sonia and I was like, you're, you're leading this dance. <laughs> Wow. Well, this is, I'm the perfect guinea pig for that. And uh, for listeners out there, if you could see my face, I have the biggest smile because unscripted is the way I roll. It's going to be fun. It's going to be improvisational. And there's always going to be uh, surprising discoveries as we continue this conversation, Joe. Again, super excited and uh, scared, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) But what we will talk about is what your focus right now, which is that Something that I think I talk about in a completely different way, which is uh, your superpower. Yeah. So I started thinking about superpowers when in my coaching and in my work with high level executives all the way to high achievers, um, it's actually the world you reside in. I started noticing that whenever someone shares a compliment about that person, they will be very dismissive of it. But when someone shares a critique, they will be all over it. And I realized that's a habit. And you're smiling because I can see you on screen. That's a habit of high achievers, right? You know, so someone says, hey, great job. We believe it for a second. And then we think, oh, they must be nice. <laughs> they must be trying to be nice. But when someone says, hey, you could be doing better on that, we instead, we instead of just living over it, we would just dive into it and analyze it and say, oh, tell me more. What are the behaviors? Give me more feedback. Well, why aren't we doing the same? with the former as we are with the latter. And the more I explored that, the more I realized, whoa, that's actually leading to, if we can understand what is it that makes us unique and special, then that would actually be such a great source of security and also enables us to understand what we can double down on to be invaluable contributors to the team. But most of the time, our biggest blind spot is what makes us extraordinary because we're not in the habit of telling each other what that is. And so we walk around blindly. We know our faults. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny that you say that. So earlier today, I did an interview with Kyle Sheely. Kyle wrote the book, How to Host a Viking Funeral, in which he built like a 30-foot Viking ship out of cardboard and then had 21,000 people send in their regrets. And one of the things that he talks about in the show Is it like we walk around, you know, that game where you put like an iPhone or a note card Mm -hmm. on your forehead and it just says something on it. And like, you don't necessarily know what it says. So you like go around and people like give you clues and stuff. (laughs) I kind of think it's the same thing that you're, you're talking about with like a superpower. We're kind of like walking around with our superpowers tattooed on our, our forehead, like the things that we're really good at. And it's just a matter of. I don't know, at least for me, is like working with people and interacting to kind of figure out like, hey, like, wait, 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 what what, what did you mean by that, you know? Yes. And it's by asking, right? Because the amount, no matter the amount of reflections that we have, self-reflection, as important as it is, we don't see ourselves clearly. So very rarely can we arrive at what is our superpower, just sitting in the room and reflecting, but rather we have to invite others who know us to tell us the truth about ourselves and what makes us different, what makes us unique, what's our special assets. But the thing is, we're not trained in society to walk around and tell each other what we think is obvious to us. So I look at you, I'm like, oh, Joe, your ability to be able to drive conversation that generates these insights, that's your superpower. And it's so obvious. So I don't need to tell you what 
what's obvious. Let me tell you about your areas for improvement instead. But even you saying that, I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, I'm not, I'm not good at driving conversation. I, I see what you're saying now. I don't see that about myself. Yet you, yes, you see that. Well, think about the number of amazing leaders you have on the show and the differences in personalities and how you're able to relate and connect with every single one of them to be able to bring out these ideas that you're sharing with all the listeners out there, right? Like that's that's different. Not everyone can do that. But because it comes so easily for you, you think, oh, everyone else must be able to do it too. And therefore you discount it. And that's what we do with our superpowers. That's a really great insight, Sonia. Because, you know, something else I think about too is like, as I look back, so many times I was spending so much time on the things that weren't my superpowers. Mm -hmm. Like, trying to like focus on improving those and not really thinking about superpowers. Like I was, I was more focused on my personal kryptonites, I guess, <laughs> if we're using the superhero motif, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I suck at numbers. Like I'm terrible at numbers. I'm terrible at math. Um, yet like I would spend all this time trying to get better at it, but at the same time, neglecting these other skills that, you know, I've, I've been able to, to develop over time and I and I realized over a long period of time that like my superpowers are are in like written communication mm -hmm. and uh, platforms like this, the ability to talk to somebody and, and draw out stories. Yeah. And so let's take that example right now, 20 to 30 years ago when careers were more rigid, well, it was more about the individual contributor, you know, individual productivity, the individual contributor. This idea of one being well-rounded is important. You know, we all know about the Renaissance person, but today it's about teams. The teams are the micro unit of success in organizations. And so as a result, let's take this idea of for ourselves, we tend to focus on our kryptonite. And by the way, what's kryptonite? What superpower is also context dependent, mm. right? But then you flip that around and say, all right, now I am in a leadership position. How do I help my people? discover their superpowers? How do I put them in environments where they're leveraging things that come easily for them, their innate strengths that are energizing for them, rather than putting them in situations where it draws and drains? Because we now have teams. We all have teams to be able to round that on, create super teams. Yeah, it's great that you say that because I, even like myself, like I look back and if I'm in a position that's like playing to my weaknesses, mm. um, it drains me so much. So like I, I come home at the end of the day, like I'm operating at 10%, but my, my personal iPhone battery, I'm just like not my best self, but like you put me in a position where I get to play to my strengths. It's like a whole different ball game. It doesn't even feel like I'm working. Yeah. And so to that point, when we look at us in leadership roles, because I know you'll, you know, we're all in these leadership roles. We have teams that we are responsible for, one of the most important things a leader, any leader can do is helping their teammates discover what is special about them, what are their unique contributions, because most of the time people don't know. And you're helping, being inspiring is helping someone realize possibilities they haven't yet realized in themselves. So when we're interviewing right now, um, Coach K, Coach Mike Krzyzewski's former players about his leadership and the leadership lessons they're taking away from his mentorship. One of the connective threads is how Coach K would help every single player discover 
a larger set of specialness than they realized. You know, like Marshall Plumley was just talking about how Coach K said, you know how to do this better than anyone I've ever met. Now it takes away the competitive energies against each other because you're secure. And this is something you bring to the team that no one else on the team does. And I think that's really important. So let's let's back up a little bit. Like, let's say I'm listening to this right now. I'm like, well, what's my what's my superpower? <laughs> what are some of the ways, you know, other than going up to somebody else and saying, hey, what's my superpower? Like, c- could I discover that within myself? I think it's really hard for us to sit down. And I know because I've, I've gone through this, right? Um, and I, re- I was trying to figure out why is this superpowers work so, why do I feel so passionately about it? And I remember talking to one of my students because I learned a lot from my students. And she said, Sinian, you know, tell me about your interactions with folks. And I said, well, I wake up being excited to talk to everyone else that day but I don't feel excited about talking to me. And she said, are you inspired by you? I'm like, heck no, I'm inspired by everyone else. And I thought, wait a minute, if I have this problem, then maybe other people have it too. And I started thinking, gosh, I I don't know what my superpowers are. And I was like in my forties when this happened. And so I reached out to a mentor of mine who have, you know, he's a chair professor of leadership at Duke, Sam, and he's known me for many years. And I said, Sam, tell me about what makes me differentiate. What's a differentiator that I bring to the table? And he said, you know how to inject emotion into ideas. I was like, oh, that's great. I have no idea what the heck that means. But it was something for me to explore a little bit more. And then the next time I asked someone else, now it's like pieces of a puzzle. And now I think what he meant by that is... I know how to not just put ideas out there, but to share stories. And because I feel things so deeply, you can see it in my emotion, you can hear it in my voice, and people relate and connect to that in a very different way than if I were just sharing data or information. That insight was super helpful, right? So I think one way is to just simply go to people who know you and ask, you don't have to say, what's my superpowers? But you can ask, why have you noticed that I do, that is different because most likely it's something that they notice that they don't know how to do, but they're like, wow, Joe knows how to do this so easily. That's clearly one of Joe's many superpowers. So do you journal at all? As you're going around talking to folks and then kind of looking at your own experiences and the own internal conversations you're having, like, do you get that down on paper to sort of put that together? Yeah, I started being more attuned to what I'm listening for. And then how to ask the questions in different ways or how to probe differently. And I always focus it back on behaviors, like what is it that I'm doing, right? So if someone says, hey, this person is a great listener, well, what about them? What is it that they're doing that makes them a Mm. great listener? So we can replicate. I'm looking for points of replication. And the other thing, along with the superpowers, besides it being one of our greatest blind spots when it's expressed is that I also discovered just from my conversations and interviews that we also have latent yet to be expressed superpowers. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we may not be in a situation yet where we have a need for that. We we're discovering something about ourselves, right? So this idea of like engaging with different, Joe, when you talk about all the different experiences around the world that you have. When you engage with a new culture, you're discovering something about yourself. And 
I landed on this insight when Emmanuel X, who is one of the greatest piano players in the world, someone asked him, what made you choose the piano? And he said, well, when I was seven, the previous tenants left their piano in our apartment. I thought, oh, that's serendipity. So how, how many things do we have that are latent and yet to be expressed superpowers? Isn't that exciting to know that until our deathbed, that there might be there might be superpowers that we we haven't discovered yet. I love that idea. And I even think back to like, I say my superpower right now, like I recognize one of my superpowers is writing. Yes. It's the idea to like pull a bunch of different thoughts together, synthesize them and create something new out of them. But like, I didn't know that until I was in my thirties. I got put in a random situation where I had to write something and I liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just kept doing it. And that was like nine years ago. <laughs> and so I don't know if you do this, Sonia, but this I do this thing all the time. It's like a thought experiment. I'm like, imagine if I was to go back in time to like myself before I started doing all this. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, a year from now, you're going to start a blog. And then after <laughs> that, it's going to keep growing to where you're not even writing on the blog anymore. Other people are writing on the blog. And then you're going to start a podcast. And then you're going to get to go work for amazing leaders and travel the world with them and work in these special organizations. But you're going to bring the superpower that you discovered to this organization. You're going to have all these experiences. You know, going back to that, I've been like, well, how did I get from like A to Z? Like, that just sounds crazy. Like, I couldn't fathom it. And I do that all the time because it's like, if I wouldn't have just, I guess, kind of like made that internal leap myself to just try something. I would have never discovered that. And then in discovering that, I've unlocked like the thousands of experiences I've had once I did that. Yes. uh, I love your story because it's a perfect example of one, how do we increase the probability of us discovering something that we can actually provide a unique contribution to, right? So in your case, you said it was random with writing but it was putting you yourself or you were put in a situation that you didn't anticipate. What if instead of every time we're embracing change, instead of it being scary, we think, wow, this might be an opportunity for me to discover a thing that I didn't realize I could be phenomenal at because I haven't been in this type of situation before. And then the other aspect of your story is all these opportunities that sort of seem serendipitous and organic. But I think those opportunities wouldn't have happened if you weren't interacting. There's this beautiful dynamism with all those different people that you're interacting with and you're bringing you and your values and you're showing up, you know, optimistic attitude, aptitude. And so you become this, um, what my friend Emma Sapaya wrote in her recent uh, Harvard Business Review article, you become one of these positive energizers that people want to interact with. And so therefore, what seems serendipitous actually is also the result of you showing up and being that positive energizer, that curious person and engaging others in conversation and opportunities. You just said a very important word. And I think that's a key word in all of this is being curious. Yes. Is being open to new experiences, being open to change, which I'll admit, like I struggle with too at times, even though, like you said, like I could go back and and look at all this and all these things were unlocked and I have this full story. Looking forward, change is still scary as hell. And, <laughs> but I think you counter that with curiosity. Yes. What's on the other side? 
Or you say, I wonder what would happen if, mm. and then dot, dot, dot. And the other thing I wanted to share with the listeners around the superpowers ideas, we talked about the blind spot of our superpowers that's expressed everyone sees except ourselves. So how do we know, how do we discover those? The latent superpowers that are waiting to be expressed if we embrace change and embrace different, right? And expand our world. And then the third, I think from a leadership perspective is also this idea of emotional or relationship superpowers. So in organizations, and this is something I'm so passionate about because chances are, if you have an intellectual superpower or an athletic superpower, there's some sort of feedback mechanism along the way in school or in sports that would clue you somewhat to what that is. But when's the last time we promoted someone because they raised the joy capital, they raised the joy capital of the team or, whoa, they're the emotional glue. When they're on the team, somehow the team just cohes so much better. Or, wow, we have diversity on the team, but Jane Smith is the person who loves going around hearing everyone's stories. And so she can actually be that, amplify the positive effects of that diversity because she is creating that integration among the different potential silos. Those are, in a way, second and third order effects. But they, if we're looking at the world is about teams now more than ever because we're dealing with complexity, then those type of relationship superpowers are just as critical as the intellectual and the athletic and the other types of superpowers that are seem far more tangible. Yeah, and I can see now where you know that would be important to tell somebody. Like you said, you got a feedback, you get a medal. If you're like the fastest person, yes, you get some sort of accolade for athletics. You get a high GPA. You get magnum cum laude if you're an intellectual person. But like, if you're like relational glue for a team, mm -hmm. like there is nobody telling. Like you could go through your entire life not realizing that like that's your superpower. Like that's the one thing you bring to teams, which in my opinion would make you so marketable to leaders to have this one person on the team. One of the exercises I do with teams is I would have them, everyone go around, tell each other what each other's superpowers is. And interestingly, when we do those exercises, what people talk about are the emotional or the relationship superpowers. It's just interesting. And I feel like, I don't know whether it's because at this moment, we're more hungry for that or we recognize the value of that. And that's where people are landing. It's like, oh, this person is so wise because of X, Y, and Z, or this person is an amazing mentor because they make me feel like I matter and that's their superpower. It's those type of things. It's not about, wow, they really crush it on that Excel spreadsheet or gosh, they can drum out a PowerPoint presentation like nobody can. It's never those type of things. It's always these emotional relationship superpowers. Yeah. I, again, I love the idea of that. And, uh, you know, I think back to like a lot of times we reward, even in professional settings, we reward the person who can like generate 15 PowerPoint slides, <laughs> you know, all these Excel documents, but we don't do the same again with like the person that really brings the team together. It's not just that you have a diverse team. It's that you have an inclusive team yes. that brings that diversity in, you know, that, that person that can just generate that energy. Cause I, I've been a part of so many teams where there's that one person and when they leave, like just something changes. Yes. <laughs> but you don't know it till they're gone. 
And we know um, there was a famous football coach. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. He said, when you have chemistry on the team, it's like having another superstar on that team. And that's what a team that has chemistry that is slightly less proficient than another team that doesn't have chemistry will totally crush that team that doesn't have chemistry. And so it's really important to recognize people's relationship superpowers and they don't know it. They don't know it. It's so funny that you say that because I think back to some of the small teams that I've been on the last couple of years and like we all looked around at each other. We're like, how are we working for this like amazing (laughs) leader? I guess like individually, we used to joke around like individually, like we're definitely like not the, the top of our class, but like together as a collective, like we work so well together and we have fun doing it. Yes. We felt like that was the trade-off, you know? Yeah. And you can't be great at something you're not passionate about. And when you are having fun, it's so much easier to be even better and more effective at what it is that you're doing. I mean, isn't that your experience what you just shared? Yeah. And something I'm curious about too, is that a lot of times we get put in jobs and let's say I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, this sounds great, but I'm in a job right now. I'm speaking hypothetically. Like yes. I love my job. Um, <laughs> For listeners out there, he does. We talked about this before. He hit- <laughs> Thanks. We love yeah. this job. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. Your superpower is relationships, Sonia, because you really helped me out there. But like, <laughs> but you're listening. You're like, I'm in a horrible job right now. I'm in a job that like doesn't play to my strengths where I'm like, dreading going to work every day where I have the Sunday scaries where like, I just don't want to go to work for a week. Like what advice would you give that person to navigate like that period? I think there are several things. And I recognize that every situation is different, right? So unless I know the specific context, it's really hard, but some things to think about. I think about one, is there anything where you might have agency or have the power to change about that job, to find the something fun in it, right? Like, oh, you know what? This seems like drudgery, but wait a minute. There's a piece here where I could learn something. And I'm curious about, you know, what aspect, you know, what this thing over here is. And so suddenly you find that spark and then that success build on success. Or you think about this is our team, but in our world, it's never just our team. We have to pick up our heads and look around, we are, as uh, General McCusto said, we're a team of teams. Like, are there other things happening on other teams where I might be able to carve out time to help assist? That would bring that sense of energy, right? Um, is it something that maybe my boss doesn't realize I'm feeling? Because they're not mind readers. You're not a mind reader. They're not going to be a mind reader. Is this something where I can have that conversation with? And we can, maybe there's another part of the job where it plays more to my superpowers. And then there's another teammate for which the part I like the least actually plays to their superpowers. Like Excel spreadsheets do not energize me. But I know people on my team who love Excel spreadsheets, you know? And so let's team up together on something like that. Those are suggestions. And then the third and final one is, I think about creating, to diversify that emotional risk I think about creating somewhat of a platform career. And what I mean by that is we are still committed to our organizations and we serve our organizations. By going out and doing things outside that, you know, whether it's volunteering or like, Joe, what you're doing with this podcast, like this isn't part of your everyday job. It creates an, a level of energy 
for you that makes you even better and more effective at your everyday job, right? So look outside of the box because there might be something there. We always have more power than we realize. You said you said it early on, and it kind of said it was throughout agency. Yes, and I love that word mm-hmm. because it uh, yeah, it like gives you power in in situations where you don't think you have any. You just like you really have to work hard to find it. I've thought back to jobs where I was just completely miserable, but the one thing I've had because I've been doing this for so long is this platform. Mm-hmm. So like if there was something I was struggling with at work, like I could write about it, not necessarily like calling people out, writing about the concept, you know, on my blog. And so, you know, even in those tough seasons that were just absolutely miserable, having something outside was just awesome. Yeah. And I would say on one of the Green Notebook's recent blogs, there was a blog about family contract. So our families enable us to do what we're doing. And our families are also such a big part of our lives, right? And so our investment into the time there and making memories there, that also can be such a source of energy that when things are going not so great at work, you know, you walk through that door and we talked about our children before we hit the record button. I, you know, my kids come running up to me and say, mommy, your kids come interrupting and say, daddy. And suddenly the world matters <laughs> so yeah, much. It's so valuable. And I, because again, like I, I just, I think back to all those times where I just felt like, what am I doing right? You know, whatever. And then able to come home. And like you said, like get that pick me up from home and just, just make it through that season. And I, I keep saying season, cause that's the other thing I've realized mm-hmm. is that like, even in the military, like a lot of times we get stuck in this idea of like, things are going to be hopeless for the next 20 years or however long I stay in. But I've never been in a job for more than two years, I think. Like, I'm not really good at holding down jobs. And so (laughs) if something, you know, if if I'm going through a rough period, like it will pass. And then, and then I get to try something else and, and kind of, kind of restart myself. So I, I think like that's important too, is just kind of like zooming out and just kind of looking at perspective too, when you're, when you're going through those moments and uh, having what I, like, I guess what we'll now call kryptonite assignments. (laughs) <laughs> well, and you're scaffolding, right? Each experience, you're not pivoting, you're scaffolding. Each experience builds on the other. So for me, every three years, I take on learning something new. So, you know, one year was, okay, let's learn how to write a book. Another year was, let's understand social media. This past year was, hey, let's dive deeper into the world of investing, you know, and and it's fun and we discover new superpowers and we're scaffolding on existing experiences, I wanted to impart the listeners with a framework I think about when I think about the type of experiences that I'm going to, you know, how I choose to take on the next set of experiences and then this idea of how I engage with the world. And I think about the five types of capital. So we talk about jobs and or a lot of times in jobs, we think only about financial capital. Or when you're joining a volunteer organization, you think about, you know, just this idea of what you bring to the table and what's giving you. So here's the five types of capital we have to really put into play and consider. So one, of course, is financial capital, which you all know. Two is reputational capital. Your integrity and your character, what you bring in to an organization, that's your reputational capital. That organization is also giving you a reputational capital. See, it, it's the two are um, symbiotic. Reputational capital, there's intellectual capital. Now, is it 
fostering your sense of growth? Is it catering to your curiosity? And that's where we have agency on is no matter how, as you say, those kryptonite assignments, there's always a piece of learning. Right. And so it let's let's dig, let's be curious that and increase our intellectual capital. And we're also offering intellectual capital to whatever we're engaging in. There is also social capital, and that's the network that you bring in. Being a part of that activity may also expand your own network, increase your social capital. And then the fifth one that we hardly ever think about, but it's so important, and we've been talking about it throughout this entire podcast, joy capital. Are you going to be able to bring joy to this organization? And is it going to bring you joy? So think about those five types of capital um, in the context of superpowers and the choices that we make, I think has helped me think through how to thrive and how to flourish in whatever assignment that I'm in. Yeah, that's it's so powerful. And the one that you mentioned was relation relationship capital in there too. Like I the people who were with me in the assignment where I struggled a little bit with enjoying coming to work every day are the same people who are helping me transition into my next assignment because they just, because it's not that big of an army. And so I think about like, man, these people right now are like being clutch players in my future assignment, but I never would have them here right now if I wouldn't have met them back then. That's right. If we, look at the world and we choose to, whatever situation, we choose to see the things that kind of stink about it, we will see those. If we just assume that all these bits of goodness exists, then we will find it and we will see it. And I think that's so important. It's profound. And that's that's so uplifting too. It's such a great (laughs) message. Well, before we wind down the interview, Sonia, what are a couple books that that you would recommend for listeners to read if they're like thinking through this? Oh, one is um, by my friend, David Epstein. It's called Range. Yes. Oh, I love that book. Gosh. And he's such a masterful storyteller. I just saw him in DC. So Range is all about how in a world of hyper-specialization, how we can actually build interdisciplinary range. It doesn't mean that we don't have to be experts in specific things, but also means we have to constantly expand our purview and look up and engage and and engage with different, embrace change and discover new things. And that's how we can grow and how we can be the type of contributors that our organizations and society need us to be. So range is a huge one. I love Susan Cain's Bittersweet. It's a new book. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Susan is all about her first book, Quiet, which is about the power of introverts, completely changed how the world looks at introverts right? And her new book, Bittersweet, is about how in a world of sometimes this superficial positivity, that it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to embrace the sorrow and the longing, because that is also a great source of our creativity. And my dear mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, he wrote, what got you here won't get you there. He just uh, comes out with a new book. It's called The Earned Life. And actually, my superpowers ideas uh, in one of the chapters. Oh, wow. Congrats. But Marshall talks about dissociating this idea of achievement from happiness, right? Like greater achievement doesn't lead to greater happiness. In fact, if you want to achieve more, achieve more. If you want to be happy, do things that make you happy. (laughs) Uh, Don't make one a condition of the other. And we had talked about that too, Joe 
prior to you hitting the record button. And then finally, a plug for um, my book and my newsletter. So I just launched a newsletter on Substack. It's called the Leadership Playbook, Unleash Your Superpowers. So leadershipplaybook.substack.com. It's bi-weekly newsletter, short, like 300 words, little perspectives around superpowers, um, diving into things that we have talked about in this podcast. And then my first book uh, that was published in 2017, it's available in audiobook and, and also Kindle and print. It's called The Launch Book, which is motivational stories to help you launch your new idea, new business, or your next chapter of your career. And that book is not like a textbook. It's like a mindset book, right? Like it's... <laughs> it is. It can be, it's designed to be read in the span of a short airplane ride. So two hours. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's great. Especially for people who listen to podcasts. So I, I'm sure it's going to fly off the shelf after this episode. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for your time today. Again, like I, I love when I get to talk to people and I don't want to hit the record button because it's just going... <laughs> So well, uh, and I'm, but I'm like, I've got to do my job now. Um, and it still doesn't feel like I'm doing a job. So uh, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, Joe, you are a treasure. It's an honor to be on this podcast. And thank you for inviting me. And please keep on doing what you're doing. I love reading your blog posts and I love listening to the wisdom from your podcast. So thank you for all that you do. No, thank you so much. Thank you again for listening to another episode of From the Green Notebook Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us gain visibility and the opportunity to help more people on their leadership journey. Also, make sure you check out our website at www.fromthegreennotebook.com. There, you can listen to past episodes, read leadership articles written by military leaders from around the world, you can sign up for our monthly reading list email where you can learn about new books that are coming out and our Sunday reflection email that comes out every Sunday morning is really short. It's a two minute read, but I guarantee you it's going to start your week off on the right foot. Finally, make sure you follow us on Twitter at FTG and Notebook, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for From the Green Notebook. Again, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. I am humbled by the opportunity to learn these lessons alongside you. So please join us next week for another episode of From the Green Notebook, where we're going to help you lead with the best version of yourself. I came from the mud. There's